Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 through 17, we read that because that's our series. And under our series, we are talking about uh, the tree of knowledge. Because that's the tree that Eve ate. She was supposed to eat of the tree of life and live forever, but she ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So what we have to do is to teach that because we showed you that. Now we gave you in our series, now we're doing a series, we on part number seven and eight today, eight this service, and we already taught on the first part of the series in the storehouse. You can get the CDs or the DVDs, or you can get the stick, where you can get everything on the stick, okay? Now, you can also know that we have the knowledge of sin. We've already taught this in the storehouse, the knowledge of sin. Now, under the, under the knowledge of sin, you cannot know sin but by the law. Okay? Now, you have to understand that. Now, that's why what people are calling sin now is really the works of the flesh. Because God has already saved us, saved our soul from sin. All right? That's why you don't have the word sin in the new covenant. I know people are like, what are you talking about? You don't have sins ended at the cross. That's why you need to read the book of Romans chapter 6. That Christ delivered us from sin. And then you got to understand Romans chapter 7 because he delivered us from the law. You can't have sin without a law. Now let's just show you that because uh, we, we want to just catch up here. Let's go to Romans chapter number 7. You got to read your Bible. So you can't listen all the time to the preacher, and I'm not saying I'm not a preacher, I am, and I want you to listen to me, but that means I got to teach you the word. I can't just talk to you about something in your life and, you know, and that's just not the Bible. You know what I mean? That's preacher talk. All right. Now, Romans chapter 7, and if you get a chance, you can read this. I'm not going to be able to read all of it, but I'm just going to start verse 7. We're going to, we put everything on the screen. Uh, did we get our screen? We still got some work on that, okay? Maybe that camera, I don't know. But anyway, Romans chapter 7 and verse 7. So it says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Are you there? But I had not known sin but by the law. See, you can't know sin but by the law. You can't have a knowledge of sin without the law. So when people are sitting under the law, guess what they talk about all the time? Sin. Because they sit under the law teachers. All right? But then in verse 8, but sin, taken occasion by the commandment of the law, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. Those were concupiscence mean all kinds of evil desires. See, that's how you get that because people sit under the law. For without the, without the law, sin was dead. See, you can't have sin being live unless it's somebody preaching you law. That's what brings the You don't have the law anymore. Jesus already died and took away the law. He nailed the law to the cross. And that's what you got to understand. It says, Paul says, I was alive, in verse number nine, uh, without the law once. But when the commandment came, when I got back under the law, sin revived and I died. Now, that's why he's going to tell you in verse 10 and 11, I'm read those two verses, I'm done. And the commandments, which was ordained of life, I found to be under death. For sin taken occasion by the commandment, by the law, deceived me, and by it slew me. 
Now, that's, that's, you got to read, you got to understand, when Christ died for our sins, he had to pay the penalty of the curses also that was under the law. He had to be made of curse, everything. He delivered us from the law. Look at Romans chapter number 8 and watch what it says in the next chapter. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. We're going to start there. See, you have to understand that when people still tell you, come get baptized in water to wash away your sin, you're under the law, my, my, my darling. You're under the law. All right? Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 1 said, Paul, this was Paul giving us his testimony where in chapter 7, he found out he was still under the law. And he found out he still had sin in him. But when he got down, now you got to understand, God took the sin out on the cross. See, we want God to take it out of every one of us. No, he took it out of Jesus on the cross. That's why Jesus did what he did for you. So when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, what happened to Jesus is for you. All right, Romans chapter 8 verse 1 said, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which, watch this, are in Christ Jesus, who walk not the flesh but out the spirit. Why? For the law of the spirit of life, and that's where, where we're going with today's message, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, watch this, half past ten, made us free from Romans chapter 6, which was sin, Romans chapter 7, which was death. God has already made you free from sin and death. What people have a problem with now, that's why you see people who are believers, and they can still have some works of the flesh that they got to modify. All right, let me show it to you. Look at uh, here, the, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. We just gave that in Romans chapter uh, number two. And let's go, let's go on and read that down to verse four. Verse number, verse number three says, well, what the law could not do in that was weak through the flesh, God sent his own son in the likeness of sin for flesh, for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. He condemned sin in the flesh. And so you got to understand, he already condemned. That word condemned means judged. He already judged sin in the flesh. Why did he do that? In verse 3, for what the law could not do and that was weak through the flesh, God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. See, he already judged sin. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilling us who walk not the flesh but out the spirit. See, you got to know what happened to a person when he wouldn't say. What makes a person not say? If you go to the next verse, verse 5 says, for they that are in the flesh do mind, do mind the things of the flesh. They that are in the spirit do mind the things of the spirit. Then he told you in verse 6, to be carnally minded is death. See, people think to be dead, listen, when you are separated from God, it's spiritual death. That's why you have to believe on Christ because Christ died for you twice. Jesus died on the cross for you, and Christ died for us. All right, two deaths, physical death and spiritual death. For to be carnally minded is death. That's God's definition of death. And then the next verse says, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So what did God do to save you? He gave you a spiritual mind. He gave you his mind. Now let's, let's show you something in the uh, NLT. I want to take it to this verse, then I'm going to show you uh, Galatia. Let me show you Galatia while we're here. Let's go to Galatia chapter 5. I'm headed to my message. My subject today is going to be called the grace life. Because that's where you got to go to 
is the grace life. You can't be anywhere under any church or any pastor and get to the grace life. You can only have the grace life from someone who have received the grace life. So that's why the, if you go back to the Apostle Paul, God can use him to take the people to the grace life because he took Paul to the grace life. See, it's no different in my life. If I do not allow God to take me to the grace life, I cannot show you in the word of God that you go to the grace life. I know what it means now to be living in the grace life. I understand what that means. All right, now, Galatians chapter 5. See, this is what happened in Galatians chapter 5. You have the works of the flesh, and then you have the fruit of the spirit. All right, we're going to look at the works of the flesh in verse 16. Romans, uh, I'm sorry, Romans, Galatians 5, 16. All right, here we go. It said, this I say, walk in the spirit. Watch this, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Watch what it says. The flesh lusteth against the spirit. And these are contrary one to another. And the Bible says, so you cannot do the thing that you would. This is talking about bringing forth fruit. You can't bring forth fruit. But then it said, but if you be led of the spirit, you are not under law. So I'm going to show you that that's my next what I'm going now, how the enemy job is to get you back under law. Religion, tradition, that's his job, to get you back under the, the law or the ordinances because we don't have a law anymore. All right? So that's why in verse 9 said, now the works of the flesh. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. He's going to tell you what the works of the flesh. Now what we do, we call them sin. It's not sin anymore. Sin was dealt with the cross. Sin was the nature of man. Man's nature was a sin nature. Now that's why Christ had to die on the cross to deliver you from a sin nature. You, you're born of the spirit. You don't have a sin nature anymore. You got, you got the nature of Christ. He had to take the nature. See, he did it in one man, which is his son. So you believe on his son, all of this become yours. Now in verse number uh, 19 again. Now the works of the flesh. I want to read this out of the NLT. So I'm going to switch over and I'm going to read Galatians 5, 19 out of the NLT because I believe it's going to, you'll be able to hear words that's already been put into English language. So Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 19. I am headed to my message. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 19. The Bible says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature. Now remember, that's the flesh. The, in the flesh is the sin for nature. That's why your flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. That's why you got to be able to understand and have the mind of Christ. So if, if I hear in my mind to wink my eye at sister so-and-so, now you know that ain't God. That's your flesh. Come on now, I'm trying to show you how it works. You got to know that's the lust of the flesh. That's not the spirit telling you to do that. God's not going to tell me to, to look at somebody and wake my eye at them. Come on. You got to be able to know. You got to be able to say, no, you got to be able to drive this bus. This, uh, uh, this house you living in. So you see that you, your flesh wants you to do wrong. Then you got to understand that's your flesh. That's not you. 
If you're born in the spirit, you know you don't throw kisses at married women. Come on. That's your flesh. All right. Uh, see, we know it's flesh, but we don't want to acknowledge it. But it's your flesh, and it'll get you in trouble. Now, in, 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 in this chapter, I want to read verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, we read not the NLT Bible, the results are very clear. Here it is. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Lust for pleasures. Idolatry. Sorcery. See, what we do today, we call, it, we call them sin. Because preacher doesn't take time out to tell you what they are. Sin is the nature. And I'm going to show you in Colossians chapter 2 what happened to it while I'm in the in, in, in NLT Bible. All right. And then it said the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So he's telling you this is of the flesh. Let me tell you again, as I told you before, that anyone living that sort of life, he's talking about the person living that sort of life, will not inherit the kingdom of God. So you got to understand that's what the flesh job is to do, is to take you from the grace life. All right, now let's go to the Colossians chapter 2 while we're there. In Colossians chapter 2, this is what I read to you last week because I showed you the serpent deceived Eve. And I said, how did he do it? That's what you must understand. When you go to a church and a person give you some word talking, some good words, they're not really teaching the word. They give you some good words. You know, you, know, you, go, to, you go to funerals and you get, a, you get a whole lot of stuff. And I mean stuff. Because people are trying to teach you John chapter 14. How can you teach me John 14? John 14, Jesus taught that to the Jews. But people don't know, so they, they do that because it said, don't let your heart be troubled. Well, I'm at a funeral. So you don't get it, no way, you know. All right. So in Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to show you what Paul says in Colossians chapter 2. Uh, let's look at this. Now let's start with verse 9. I'm going to do this because there's a couple of places that Paul said don't, don't be deceived. So in verse 9, we're in the NLT Bible. For in Christ, in Christ live all the fullness of, of, of God in a human body. So the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost is in Christ. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head of every ruler on authority. When you came to Christ, you were, past tense, you were. See, when Paul talked against circumcision, they were circumcising people in Acts chapter 15, saying if you're not circumcised, you're not saved. See, when you read Acts 15, 1, that's what it says. If you are not circumcised, you're not saved. People today tell you if you're not water baptized, you're not saved. See, that's the same thing. They, they use, if you don't do this, you're not saved. All right? So Paul is using circumcision in this instance, and he says, uh, Colossians 2, 11, when you came to Christ, you were, past tense, circumcised, but not only a physical, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. 
So what did God do already with your sinful nature? He cut away your sinful nature. See, that's why I need you to say something because I'm, I'm teaching you. Are you getting it? Right. The, Christ cut away your sinful nature. Now, he, he didn't do it with you. You didn't die on the cross. See, he did it with one man, Jesus. And when he took up the sinful nature out of him, it was ours. Jesus represented us on the cross of the, as the old man. Christ represented us as a resurrected man. All right. Now here it is. He, 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 the spiritual circumcision was called the cutting away of the sinful nature. See, you don't have a sinful nature anymore. You are a new creation in Christ. And that's what people think. They think, well, you know, you, you, you still, don't let nobody fool you. You still got a sin nature. You can't have a sin nature. If you do, you got two natures. Bow, wow, woo, woo. Bow, wow, woo, woo. A dog, bow, wow. Cat, meow, meow. You can't do meow, meow, bow, wow. You don't see cat doing the dog thing, the thing, dog thing, don't do the cat thing. Come on. They only got one nature. You have flesh. That's where the old stuff was in the flesh. Well, you were born out of the flesh. You were born to the spirit and God gave you a new nature. Now, what the old flesh try to do is take you back into with its thoughts back into your old life. And that's why you got to have the word. All right. Now, for you are buried in verse number 12. We're in Colossians 2, 12. You are buried with Christ when you were baptized. You are buried with Christ when you were baptized. See, people still tell you baptized today. He's not talking about what you're doing today. You were buried with Christ when you were baptized and with him you were raised to a new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead, which was the Holy Spirit. Verse 13, you were dead, were because of your sin. That's why when you read Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, he told you you are dead in sins. You were dead because of your sins. And you were, all this is past it, because your sinful nature was not yet cut out. So when you came and received Christ, that's why only the word of God can give you a new nature. The Bible said the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts, and intents of the heart. See, you need to know what the word, that's what the word did for you. The word circumcised you, took out the old nature, and God put into your new nature. And this is, yeah, give him a big hand. That's why he's so grateful. Paul said, because your sinful nature was not yet a cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. He raised you from the dead. For he has, past tense, we want to make sure it's on the screen. That's why we want to make sure Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 is on the screen. That's what I'm reading now. The Bible said, for you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet a cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. Watch this. For he hath forgiven you all our sins. He has passed that forgive us. When did he do it? He did it on the cross. He's not forgiving sins today. And people are still yet trying to baptize you in water in Jesus' name to get your sins forgiven. See, that's what happened. You've been deceived. All right. And then the next verse 14, we'll make sure on the screen. He canceled the record of the charges against us. 
He took it out of the way, watch this, and nailed it to the cross. It's already been done. What did he do? In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers. When God got rid of the law, that's what he's talking about. He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authority. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. So the enemy do not have anything to accuse you. That's why they are called the accuser of the brethren. Well, what do they use to accuse you with? The law. So you didn't have the law, but they accused Israel. Because every time Israel broke the law, the enemy came to them and said they broke the law. Well, you ain't got no law. It's just like out here on the street, if you don't have no sign says 25, 25, in case y'all don't know what the sign says, 25 miles an hour, then if you do 35, you just broke the law. Pontiac law, police law. But if they remove the sign and you go, 20, you go 45 down the street, you didn't break the law. Why? Because there's no law to break. That's how it is with Christ. He took away the law so you don't have no law to break. Now, that's why when you read Romans chapter 6, do I sin so grace can abound? Certainly not. How can you? So if you've been born of the Spirit, you don't go around finding out how I can mess up. All right, now, that was just a little extra for those to catch up. So you need to get those tapes that we already ministered on because I am talking about the grace life in here today. Can you get a lot of great big hand for the grace life? Now you need to get this morning tape because this morning tape was the first part of the grace life because I told you there are three different lives in the Bible. I'm not going through these. I'm going to give them to you again, but I'm not going through those. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, when God created Adam, Genesis 1, 26 and 27 is creation. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 and 8 is formation. So you always have creation, manifestation, and revelation. So God already created man, but he created man a living soul. He wasn't alive when he was created. He was, he was alive for spiritually. But now God put in him form, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, he formed man the dust of the ground and man and breathed into a man's nostril and man became a living soul. So this first life in Genesis 1, 2, 27, 26 and 27, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, was a life that you have in your soul. Then I gave you in, in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, uh, he said, not eat the flesh. Why? Because the life of the flesh is in the blood. All right, so you have the life of your flesh, this guy here, his life is in the blood. Then there's a soul inside of you that has life, but it's breath. So that's why they have learned that they can revive a person that has been drowned. Why? Because they didn't bleed to death. They just lost their breath. So they put them, show you how to do what? Y'all at nurses in school, you should have jumped on that. What do they do to give people breath back? Yeah, yeah. See, some of y'all go to church, but you don't know the word. Some of y'all working don't know the word. What do they give you to bring the life back in your flat? I'm sorry, back in your soul. CPR? Some of y'all still won't say it. How many work in here and do CPR? You should have known that. The only way you can get life back in a person's soul is CPR. 
You can't give them CPR if they bled to death. Why? Because that life came out of the blood. They lost their blood. So you have to give them more blood. That's the second life. Boy, y'all going to need this tape real bad. I didn't know y'all going to need it this bad. Y'all going to need it real bad. All right. Then the third life is called eternal life. Now, I told you what that life is. I'm going to deal with this in my next teaching a little more. But I gave you Romans 6.23, and I told you in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. We want to put it on the screen, as I said. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And then you ask most people, well, what is the gift of God? Well, Romans chapter 5, verse 17 told you about when you have received a bundle of grace, matter of fact, I'm going to read that one, Romans chapter 5 and verse number 17. So you have to understand, if you have uh, Romans chapter 5, you got to know what the gift of God is. Romans chapter 5, verse 17, because I, I want it on the screen. It says, if by one man offense, that's talking about Adam's sin, uh, uh, death reign, but, by, but, but, but much more, they which receive the abundance of grace. Now, this word abundance of grace right here is the grace life. They that receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Remember Romans 6.23 says, the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Well, what is the gift of God? It's the gift of righteousness. See, you just can't go to a church and get water baptized and get the gift of righteousness. Because I'm going to teach you that in this series. How do I get the gift of righteousness? You can't get water baptized to get it. You can't eat enough bread off the table and drink up all the wine in the church to get no gift of righteousness. You can't do enough work to get the gift of righteousness. See, you see how many people die going to hell? Because they think they can be made right by what they do. You can't do that. You have to be made righteous because of what God did for you. All right. All right. Now, let's move on. Now, I want to, I, that's, that's, that's the gift of right. That's everlasting life. The gift of righteousness. Now, let me give you Ezekiel 36, 26. Uh, you, you, if, I believe if I give it to you, I believe you'll look at it one day. You know, one day. First number 26. Ezekiel 36, 26. See, a lot of time you're in church, there's a time to find the scripture because I'm giving it to you, and then you can mark it, and later on, you can be able to read it. Or get the CD or watch us on our podcast this week. All right. In Ezekiel 36, 26, God told you what he gave you. See, most people think they still have the old nature. They've been lied to. You don't have the old nature if you're born again. I just showed it to you. Uh, Colossians 2.13, I just showed it to you. Paul, in, in Ezekiel 36.26, a new heart. Now that word new heart has three definitions that I gave you. I gave you a new heart, new spirit, new nature. All right, that's what you got. A new heart also what I give you and a new spirit. See, you don't have the old heart, old spirit, old nature no more. You have a new nature. So he said, I, I, I would give you a new spirit. I would put within you. And I would take out the stony heart. That's the old heart. See, that's what Israel was in the old covenant. They had a stony heart. A rebellious heart. All right. Now, with that in mind, 
I, I'm going into the grace light. Somebody said the grace light. Now, I gave you Abraham. I'm going to come to this camera a moment. I gave you Abraham, just to bring you up to date. I gave you Abraham, and I showed you in Genesis chapter 12 that God called Abraham to leave his father's house, leave the people he was raised up with because they were idol worshipers. Come out. Come out from among them. I showed you that also what God says to the church in 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18, where he said to the church, Come out from among them and be separate. See, we, we've been called out. We want to live the grace life, but you're going to have to understand how Abraham did it. When people are headed to the grace life, that means you got to know you have Christ lived in your heart. you got to know that. This is not a game because Christ is the grace of God. That's Titus 2.11. Christ is the grace of God. All right? So once you have Christ in your heart, you got the grace of God in your heart. you got grace in you and grace on you. You have to understand it. But the grace of God in you is a person. He's in you because that is your relationship with God as a son. You have grace on you because that's for service. That's why you cannot do the things of the spirit if you don't have the grace of God on your life. All right. That's what the grace is for. All right. It's called grace, grace in the old covenant. All right. Now. Let's go into today's teaching because we followed Abraham. He did come out from among them. He did do what God told him in Genesis 17. And then we got to Genesis chapter 22 when God told him that if he put his son on the altar, he obeyed God. Then we followed down with Israel. Then you go to Isaac and Jacob and also Joseph and then the children of Israel. So we followed them because we want to see did they ever enter into the grace life? What is the grace life? Let's show you that. The word grace means everything is already available for you. Grace means you didn't work to get it. It was your inheritance. That's why the choir sang that the day and I didn't even ask my daughter to sing that. But God left Israel in inheritance. So now we have to understand that all this stuff that they got in the old covenant was natural. We found out that they were going to a land flowing with two things, milk and honey. You need to put that in your notes because milk is all of the spiritual things. We see that in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So God got everything you need spiritually in Christ. That's the milk. But the milk is so you can grow. So that's why people think they're doing okay. They'll get up, sit on the side of bed. They got their night clothes on and they sit there for one service. They think they've been to church all day. That's fine. If you can think you can live off one meal a week, it's okay with me. All right. But me, I got to have some word every day. So I may watch this on Facebook, both services. I, and I preached it, but I'm also going to watch when the podcast come out. See, I got to hear the word. I got to continue to hear the word because when I do that, I'm feeding my soul. My soul needs the word to live just like my flesh needs the word. I guarantee you, your flesh don't go many days without food. Well, I'm going to look at the lights. Amen light. You see? But when it comes down to our soul, our soul don't get the nourishment that it needs. And then we wonder why other stuff creep into our life. 
If a soul is unnourished, you will see the evidence in the flesh. So you got to understand how that works. You get older. See, that's why I understand in my flesh. I got to get, I need more work. I, I know I need more work. I see things in my flesh. I need more work. So I know I got to spend more, work, more time in the world this week than I did last week. Why? Because I see things in my flesh I don't like. And I'm not talking about no foolishness. I don't have no girlfriend and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about things I don't like in my own life. I want to I want to I want to be able to be like my grandson RJ. You know what I mean? I'm talking about you know how I used to be like that. I used to wear 44 long for for a long time. Then I got to that 46. And then one day that thing says you're going to have to have a 48. I said the devil is a lie. <laughs> I still got my 46. Sure is. I told her, I, I'm telling you, that's why they have loops in a belt. Let me help y'all. That's why they have loops in a belt. A loops in a belt means I'm not going no further. <laughs> that's why I wear a belt. So you hear people when they don't wear no belt, the parents, they just said, do what you want to do. Just go, go where you want to go, do what you want to do. No, 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 no. When you wear a belt, you'll send to your flesh. The buck stops here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, you can govern, you can let your flesh do what it want to do, and it will. If you let it go, it will go. <laughs> Man, I look at my scales one day, I'm going like the devil is alive. Me and my, me and my sons and grandsons, we got on the scale, and we look at the scale, we're going like, oh, no. That scale is lying. That scale out lying. So I told my wife, I said, I'm going back. I'm going back to the grace life. I got to enjoy the grace life. Somebody get a Lord a big hand. All right, now let's go. Because I got, I got to be able to take this next 20 minutes and be able to give you some things that I didn't give you this morning. Let's go to the book of Num- Numbers chapter 13. Now, Remember, Israel was on their way to Canaan, mean they was on their way to the grace life. Everybody understand that? So they was on their way to the grace life. And when you see this, you're going to see what happened. So remember, the, the, you got to understand something. Your flesh do not want you here, not under the word. Because if you're under the word, you're going to discipline your flesh. See, you, you have to, you, you, hear, you hear people say, if you spare the rod, you spoil the child. The child is the soul. So when you don't get the word, your soul, your flesh do what it want to do. Well, if you get the word, that's what you do. It's your word is the power of God in your life. And when you get the word, you have the authority over your nature of your stuff that's in your flesh. That's the only way it's going to work. Your flesh will do what it want to do if you don't chastise it. With the word. All right. All right. Now let's go where I say we're going to go. Numbers chapter what? Numbers chapter 13. We got to do numbers. because I'm going to do a few in numbers. I want to get to Deuteronomy today. Uh, numbers chapter 13. Now this, the children of Israel was on their way. But the first thing God had them to do was go and spy out the land. 
Now remember, this place spiritually means in grace or in Christ, okay? But Old Testament is called the promised land, all right? It was physical, natural. So in verse number one, we're in King James. We're doing King James. And the Lord spake to Moses saying, send, send men that they might search the land of Canaan. Remember, we're talking about what he promised them, which I give you. Remember, give. Search the land of Canaan, which I give to the children of Israel and every tribe of their father. Shall you send a man, everyone rule among the people. So they have 12 tribes. They're going to send 12 men just to confirm and bring back to the people that they're over. That is just what God said it is. Now watch what happened. When you have a person sits here who don't know the word, you never get your inheritance. Because I don't know how to preach the word to you. You can't get your inheritance unless I know how to minister this word. All right. Now, let's keep going. We're going to go to verse 17. Uh, I'm not going to be able to go that far because I don't know. Well, Moses did, did send the flyer. I'm sorry, not the flyer, the spies. I want to call them flies, but they spies. I'm sorry. And verse 17. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. And said to them, go in this way south. When you go southward, you, you go into the mountain. You see the land where, the, where it is. Go look at it. I want you to see the people that dwell there. And I want you to see, I, when you come back, I want to know are they strong or weak. So y'all know what you're looking for. Then I want you to understand what, uh, what the land is that they dwell in. Check out the land, whether it's good or bad. Then I want you to check out the cities that they are dwelling in. Whether intense or being stronghold, I need to know what the land is. I need to know whether it's fat or lean. I mean, when you see all the fruit and vegetable stuff, I mean, do they have a lot of stuff or are they just barely making it? All right. Do, I want you to see the wood therein, and I want you to be of a good courage and bring of the fruit of the land back with you. Now, the time, the time or the time of the First ripe grapes. So they went up and they searched the land. Now let's go to verse number 23. And they came unto the brook of Eschol. And they cut down from this a branch with one cluster of grapes. Just one cluster. And they had two people carrying it, just like you did a, 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 a Joseph casket. They put a long stick through it and they put the grapes over it and they carried it. One day you're going to see me and Sister Crump walking here like that. That means the, the, the mortgage is paid in full. Some, some of y'all may not remember that. And the Bible said they bear it between two up on their staff, on their shoulder, and they brought it of it pomegranates and a figs. So they brought back the grapes, the pomegranate and the figs. Somebody say grapes. Pomegranate and fig. Now here they come bad up on the shoulder. Look, they got two guys carrying it and they only got a cluster. And it's dragging the ground of what's already waiting for the motor. Somebody said that is the grace life. Right. Now all they got to do is go in there. And then verse 24 says, the place were called the brook Eschol because of the cluster grape which the children of Israel cut down from this. And they returned from searching of the land 40 days. That's how long they stayed over there. 40 days. 
And they went and they came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh. And they brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation of, and they showed them the fruit of the land. And the Bible said, and they told him and said, we came to the land. I want to talk to this camera right here. This is their report. We came to the land that you sent us, Moses. Surely it flows with milk and honey. It had everything spiritual that we needed. It had everything natural. This word honey means everything in abundance. Say it with me. Everything in abundance. See, this word honey is called the abundant life. God has provisions all over the place for us. And then the Bible says, and they told him, it says in verse 27, we, we did see all this. We saw the land flowing with milk and honey. This is also the fruit there. Nevertheless, come on, say it with me. Say it with me. If you know what you just said, you will not say it again. If you know what you just said, you will say it again. What do nevertheless mean? It's three words. See, you're not listening to what you're saying. I'm a major in English. What, what, what is nevertheless mean? Have, have you ever been in the less? And you're saying, I'm never going back to the less. So you got to know what words mean. Somebody said, nevertheless. If you, this is what happened with people. They are settling for the less. So they said, oh, we saw that. Nevertheless, they came out of the brook of Eskal. They, we saw the branch of the cross of the grapes. They bowed them up on their shoulders. We saw they brought the pomegranates and the figs. We saw that. Nevertheless, the people were strong. Nevertheless, the people. Are you telling me this is why you have not entered? Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in your land, in their land. The cities are walled. The cities are very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak. We saw giants over there. This was their leader. So the person they sent over there kept the other people out. That's why you got to make sure the person who sits here would know how to encourage you. The Amalekites dwell in the land in the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites, the Amorites. God already told you he's going to cut them off. See, they didn't, they didn't remember what God told them. And Canaan still the people and says, let us go up at once. That's the kind of leader I want. We're going to possess the land. We are well able to overcome it. That's the kind of leader you want. Somebody's going to stand up and tell you we can do it. Amen. If God said I can, I can. But the men that went up says, we are not able to go up against these people. They are stronger than us. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land, though we have gone, the search is a land that eat it up and have it thereof. And all the people saw it. And all we saw was men of great stature. They brought up an evil report. Now, now guess what's going to happen? They got people who they just dis discouraged. 
because they brought back an evil report. And it cost them 38 years more in the wilderness. How many people never reached their destiny because who they sit under? I cannot tell you how bad it is. And go where we going. I got to tell you, I don't care if everybody don't believe it. We are, we are in a grace life. We are living a grace life. I'm not going about you. I'm going by what the word says. Paul looked at his situation and said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That was Philippians 4.13. And then in Philippians 4.19, when the church was going through a famine, Paul said to the church at Philippi, but my God, Philippians 4.19, shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, we got Christ in us, but we still don't realize we have everything. We got God who is the creator of everything. He made all things for himself. And also he's the head of the church and he's with us and in us. And yet we act like we just don't have no faith. It's discouraging. See, that's why you got to understand, you got to first encourage yourself before you can encourage me. You got to become encouraged. All right. Now, let's, let's move on. That, that was Numbers chapter 13. Now, let's go, let's go over 38 years later. Numbers chapter 14, verse 7. Just turn the page. Number 14, 7. And they spake all the company of the children of Israel. The land which we pass through the searches is an exceedingly great land. If the Lord delight in us, then he'll bring us into this land. He'll give us a land flowing with milk and honey. That's the attitude people are supposed to be talking about. And then he said, look, but don't rebel against the Lord. Don't fear you the people of the land. Listen, they are bred for us. Their defense has departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Fear them not. See, that's the attitude. You, you, you're saying you're born of the Spirit. You got God in you. God is the, Christ in you is the grace of God. And yet you still worry. No, you need to spend more time in the Word and prayer. In verse number 10, but all the congregation says stone them. See, I don't want to read no more of that right there. See, those kind of folk, I can't be around those kind of folk. Folks, folks, discourage, folks who discourage, discourage you. Look at Numbers chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 3. Let's go to Deuteronomy. Come on, we're going to Deuteronomy. Shoot, man, I, I, I look at my brother. I look at my brother sitting back there today, and uh, I'm so grateful for him in my life, him and his wife, sister, uh, Chris, Daniel, the Daniels back there. And I'm thanking God for them. Because when, when I see that big truck, that truck he drive, that Cadillac truck, I tell my wife, we're going we to have one of these. We got a, we got a little one, but we're we going to win a big one one of these days. See, <laughs> so you have to have people in your life who encourage you. Amen. When people are not going anywhere, you need to find yourself why you're going with them. Amen. When you want some things in life, at least hang with somebody who got something. At least, least they can encourage you. See, I'm not trying to put down everybody else. I'm just telling you about me. 
If you want to hang with me, you're going to have to fix yourself up. You can't be walking around with your pants all off your behind. You can't be running with me. People know you with me. They're going to think that. I'm not saying you got to wear a suit and a tie all the time. But I mean, you got to at least understand my principle here. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. The Bible says if you want to be wise, you got to hang with wise men. See, I can't be hanging with you. You talking a lot of foolishness, junk. You got to you understand, I'm an edifier. And so I need to be edified myself. All right. Now, here we go. Deuteronomy chapter one. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter number one, God going to come to these people and let them know you've been here long enough. Come on, tell somebody you've been here long enough. Look at verse number three. Watch what he says. It came to pass in the 40th year. In the 40th year, they had spent 38 years in the wilderness because of what them people did. Them bad report preachers that didn't want the grace of God. And it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month, on the first day of the month, Moses spake to the children of Israel according unto all that the Lord had given him in the commandments unto him. He's going back to the word. He's going to tell them what God says. In verse number six, we're going to move down to verse six. What did he say? Now, now verse four says, after he has slain Sihon, the king of the Amorites, after he had dwelt in Hesbon, he now had to destroy Og, the king of Bashan, which is Astro Edom, on the side of Jordan, in the land of Moab. They've been, they've been killing kings, but they never got into their land. And in verse number six says, the Lord our God, Moses said, the Lord our God spoke to me in Horeb saying, you have dwelt long enough in this mountain. And that's what I got to say to this church. You're going to get to the grace life. You have been to some places in your life. You've been doing that long enough. You can't continue to do stuff and expect to move to another level. You can't allow some things in your life. You can't allow some people in your life. There are people in your life you will never go any further in the people that in your life. You got to come to a place to realize it, what did they do? They shook it off. You got to know what that means. They got rid of some stuff in their life. Look, those little foxes. The Old Testament said they destroyed the vine. You got to get them little foxes out your life. Some things you've been doing since you were a teenager. Bad habits. You got to get rid of that stuff. Put that flesh under I'm going to the grace life. That's got to be your mentality. You got to go into a grace life. If you can't drive, learn how to drive. I'm not taking your side. If somebody want to give you a car, at least be ready to drive it. You don't know enough what God's going to do in your life. Prepare yourself for what God's about to do in your life. I said, prepare yourself for what God's about to do in your life. You can't sit around and say, look at somebody else and what they got. You can't wait till you get a car to learn how to drive. You got to learn how to drive and you don't have one. Learn how to drive something. It was nothing but a bicycle. They got these things now, you got a little motor on them. 
Learn how to drive something. As a matter of fact, if you get something, come up here, I'll take you in the parking lot, I'll show you how to drive it. Show you how to park it. If you don't have nothing, come up here, I'll put you on one of my buses, show you how to drive the thing. But you have no excuse. You had a whole parking lot. You ain't gonna run into nothing. We gotta get our poles fixed anyway. You've been here long enough. It's time to go to the grace life. I'm talking about the abundant life. Well, there's more than enough. There ain't no game, man. It's time, it's time to move. God told them, look, we've been here long enough. Tell the people we get ready to go. And watch this says in verse number seven. He said, turn, turn ye. Take your journey and go to the Mount of the Amorites. And Amorites, yeah, the same one you didn't want to face 40 years ago, we getting ready to face them now. If you've been going around this same mountain long enough. He said, take your journey, go to the Mount of the Amorites. Go into all the places there are. In the plains, in the hills, in the valley, and in the south, by the seaside. We're going to the land of Canaan. That's where we're getting ready to go. We're going to Lebanon. We're going to the great river. We're going to the river Euphrates. It's the same place that Adam used to live, which was the Garden of Eden. That's where we're going. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess it. You can't sit around waiting for somebody else to do it. You gotta, you gotta man up. Gotta hold your chest up and hold your head up. We're getting ready to march. We're about to get the thing God has for our life. That's the attitude you gotta have. Come on, I've been just barely making it too long. It's time to march. It's time to get in order. It's time to go get the thing God has for our lives. God said, I've set the land before you. Go in and possess the land, which I swear your father Abraham and Isaac and Jacob unto a land and their seat. I've already done that. Now let's go show you one of them. I know my time is going out. I'm going to just take a minute. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Somebody said, wow, wow, wow. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, watch what God said to them. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10. See, Moses, Moses came back to them and said, okay, listen, I'm at the end of my road. I'm at the end of my life now. But I don't want to see you unless you got your I brought you out of Egypt not to leave you in the wilderness. At least I want to see you going across. If I don't go across, I want to see you going across. Watch what it says. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 10. And it shall be when the Lord, this is the grace life. It shall be when the Lord have brought you in, into the land which you swear to your father Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. The Bible said to give you the great land. Somebody said this land is great. This land is great. It's gutly. Come on, it's goodly land. And this land got cities. Come on, you've you been in the, in the woods too long. I'm not trying to talk about you being in the country. I'm a country boy. 
But God says we're getting ready to move to the city. Watch what he says. He says, cities which you, had, which you didn't build. So you got to understand something. That's what grace is. Grace is God giving you something that you didn't work for. Hey! Somebody ought to hear what I'm saying. God says I'm getting ready to give you something that you didn't work for. I'm getting ready to give you cities that you didn't build. Somebody said the grace life. Watch what it says. I'm going to give you a city that you didn't build. That's verse number 10. He says, I'm going to give you houses full of all good things. How many, how many don't mind about moving into a house and everything already in it? Hallelujah. <laughs> God said, I'm going to put you in a house that's already full of stuff. Oh, my God. He said, he said I'm going to give you houses full of all, not too, not too loud there. I'm going to give you houses full of all good things which thou fillest not. I'm going to give you wells which you didn't dig. I'm going to give you wells which you did not dig. I'm going to give you vineyards that you didn't plant. I'm going to give you olive trees that's already ready to pull the olives off. You didn't plant these trees. I'm going to give you a place that already got the. How many can move into a place right now? Already got all the trees. Already got fruit trees. But he said one thing I'm going to let them know. I'm going to give everything to you. But one thing I want to say to you. When you have eaten. And now you fool. When you get into the land. That everything is free. And you sitting back under your juniper tree. Don't forget who gave it to you. Verse 12 said, then beware. Lest you forget the Lord. See, that's why I can't stay at home. Because God been too good to me. I have to be here. Because I got to testify. Everything I got, God gave it to me. Come on, say it with me. Everything I got, God gave it to me. I just saw my new newlyweds over. You just had an anniversary the other day. What year? How many years? You got two years. Seeing them pull up here yesterday with a, I, I want to say chocolate. Is that truck chocolate? It like, looked like a. Mm, what color is it? Chocolate or something? What's it called it? Desert sand. Brother driver, this big, nice, brand new truck. Desert sand. Oh my God. Hadn't been married but two years. Already got a brand new house. Already got a driver their own new truck. Got a new car. What's going on? Got good jobs. Sound like, sound like that life. Sound like they living the grace life. Come on, you wave at me and say, I'm living the grace life. That's the kind of life you got to live now. We're not going anywhere. This is going to get better. I'm just introducing you to the message today. This is going to get better. We are living in this house, the grace life. And you are 
part of this grace life. Come on, clap your hands. Come on, clap your hands. Thank the Lord for it. Come on, thank God for the grace life. My time is up. I'm not done. I just got to quit. First Corinthians chapter 15. Paul said to the church, this is how it's going to happen. You cannot put your trust in anybody else. You got to put your trust in the Lord and what he has done for you. In his death, burial, and resurrection. Moreover, brethren, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved, not going to be saved. Christ died and saved you 2,000 years ago. Now what you got to do, you got to keep in memory what I preached to you, and that's Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried and then he rose again the third day according to the scripture. Christ's death, burial, and resurrection is the payment for your salvation. So that's why we give him all the praise in this house. Somebody clap their hands. That's why we give him all the glory and that's why we give him all the honor because he is Lord. He is both Lord and Christ. So that's why we can talk big and bold today. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.